Welcome to Created Terrain, a production of the Cornwall Alliance for the Stewardship of Creation. The Cornwall Alliance is a ministry dedicated to helping fulfill the mandate God gave mankind in Genesis 1.28, to subdue and rule the earth in a way that enhances its fruitfulness, its beauty, and its safety for the glory of God and the benefit of our neighbors. I am David Arlegates, and our topic today is AR6. AR6 stands for the Assessment Report Number 6, released by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or the IPCC. The first assessment report was called FAR. The second assessment report was SAR. The third assessment report was TAR. You can see where this was going. But when the IPCC got to the fourth assessment report, that would have been FAR again. Too confusing. So they changed the nomenclature to AR, followed by the assessment report number. We are up to the sixth report, hence AR6. But, but wait, wasn't this released earlier? Well, those were the scientific, impact, and mitigation sections. This release is the synthesis report, or the summary for policymakers. These four separate reports are released over nearly a two-year period, which allows for several news cycles of the world is about to end unless we change the economic model that has been in place since the Industrial Revolution. Note that the goals of the IPCC reports have little to do with climate. As a number of high-ranking officials at the IPCC have stated, it's about the economy, stupid. Well, not in those exact words, but that is their stated view. And of course, the cure is to be net zero by 2050. That is, to have no net greenhouse gas production in a little more than 25 years. What have we learned from the release of the synthesis document associated with AR6? Let's start with the media coverage. I am sure they have extensively reviewed the document and provided a fair and accurate retelling of its contents. I know, I have been accused of being highly facetious at times. Guilty as charged. But from the New York Times, we are about, quote, to cross a critical threshold for global warming within the next decade. Now, this critical threshold, of course, is that global warming will create death and destruction for all of planet kind. They make no bones about it. The only way to, quote, hold global warming to relatively safe levels is to require global cooperation, billions of dollars, and big changes. Globalization and massive spending. I'm sure that is highlighted in the scientific document. Again, I'm being facetious, but the mischaracterization simply does not stop there. The Associated Press used a tired pun to describe the dire conditions presented by the synthesis document. The world is on thin ice due to climate change. Get it? The BBC wrote that the UN report was a guide to survival to alleviate the worst effects of climate change. Even Antonio Gutierrez, the head of the United Nations, got into the act by calling the report a, quote, how-to guide to defuse the climate time bomb. And he went on to say that the alarm has reached a, quote, code red for humanity. Now, let me reiterate that this release is the summary for policymakers. It is not the scientific document. Note that the summary is designed to be alarmist so that the media and politicians can use it as a talking point. 
One of the problems with the IPCC is that the summaries for policymakers are approved line by line by all member governments. Then, to ensure the remaining documents do not conflict with those government-approved statements, scientists are required to modify the science report so it does not conflict with a summary for policymakers. Thus, scientists must follow the politicians and their summary. The summary does not follow the science. As anyone knows, that is not science. That is propaganda. But even the scientists are not immune from making non-scientific proclamations. One of the 93 authors was quoted by the IPCC press release as saying, quote, Climate justice is crucial because those who have contributed least to climate change are being disproportionately affected. Almost half of the world's population lives in regions that are highly vulnerable to climate change. In the past decade, deaths from floods, droughts, and storms were 15 times higher in highly vulnerable regions. My friend and colleague William Briggs noted in his prescient article, every place on earth is warming faster than every other place on earth. Another author of the IPCC synthesis document was quoted in their press release as saying, quote, the greatest gains in well-being could come from prioritizing climate risk reduction for low-income and marginalized communities, including people living in informal settlements. Accelerated climate action will only come about if there's a many-fold increase in finance. Insufficient and misaligned finance is holding back progress, unquote. Science? The IPCC chair, Dr. Ho-Shung Lee, added, this synthesis report underscores the urgency of taking more ambitious action and shows that if we act now, we can still secure a livable, sustainable future for all. But he's not a scientist, he's an economist. As I've said in numerous venues, this is not about science. Climate science has become a vehicle for global economic change. So enough of the hype about the synthesis report. What is really in the report? In a nutshell, nothing of the kind you have just heard. No pending economic disaster, no billions of the world's poorest people at risk, no requisite for draconian changes to our current way of life through global cooperation. As Dr. Roger Pilkey Jr. notes, the current IPCC report uses five illustrative scenarios to describe plausible future conditions. These shared socioeconomic pathways replace the previous representation concentration pathways and describe possible future time series of the evolution of atmospheric carbon dioxide concentrations. Remember that the IPCC is a believer that carbon dioxide is the magic climate control knob that dictates the Earth's climate. Therefore, they utilize future carbon dioxide concentration scenarios to describe possible future climates. Now, the IPCC specifically states that of these five plausible scenarios, quote, in general, no likelihood is attached to the scenarios assessed in this report, unquote. From the massive reduction in greenhouse gases scenario to the massive increase in greenhouse gases scenario, no probability is assessed by the IPCC to any of the five. Pilkey Jr. notes that this represents a reversal of the pattern established in the previous IPCC assessment 
where a most probable scenario was the primary focus. But despite the IPCC's claim to the contrary, the IPCC report does declare the highest emission scenario and those following current policies to be indeed unlikely. These are the scenarios that posit the most extreme climate changes. The funny thing about this is that the fifth assessment report judged the most extreme climate scenario as our most likely future. Now, in AR6, it is considered lowest likelihood. I don't believe I saw that reported anywhere in the mainstream media. But since AR6, like its siblings that went before it, is written by a cadre of scientists who may have different opinions, guess which two scenarios are mentioned most often, more than half the time, in this report? Yep, the most extreme scenarios that the report declares as the least likely. Well, if climate does change, the IPCC really doesn't. It's more political science than climate science. As Pilkey Jr. notes, why the IPCC spends so much time on a scenario that it characterizes as being extreme with a low likelihood and spends so little time on a scenario that relies on current policies has not been explained. I think I have an explanation. This is not about climate. It never was. I think I've mentioned this before. After all, as Dr. Stephen Schneider once was quoted as saying, that to get some broad-based support and to capture the public's imagination, that entails getting loads of media coverage. So we have to offer up scary scenarios, make simplified dramatic statements, and make little mention of any doubts we might have. Now, even though Dr. Schneider made this statement before the first IPCC report was drafted, the IPCC must have taken his lead. But as Jack Webb said on Dragnet, just the facts, ma'am. At least the IPC gets its facts correct, right? Right? Well, if one plans on making extreme statements that are at odds with reality, then they will make full use of Meyer's Law. If the facts do not conform to the theory, then the facts must be disposed of. One of the most cited conclusions of the AR6 synthesis report regards changes to extreme weather. As Save the Children reported, quote, the latest IPCC report has revealed children are expected to experience three to four times as many extreme climate events in their lifetime, an urgent signal that more must urgently be done to reduce emissions and safeguard the lives of future generations. Did you pick up on the fact that this is an urgent problem? As the Toronto Star began its coverage of the IPCC report, how urgent is urgent? Let's consider changes in tropical cyclones under a globally warmed world. The data have been there for years and have been widely disseminated. And although the following paper came out in 2022, the results simply state what the data have been showing all along. Let me simply read to you the title of this paper. Declining Tropical Cyclone Frequency Under Global Warming. I didn't say that wrong, so let me say that again. Declining Tropical Cyclone Frequency Under Global Warming. Yes, you did hear me correctly. Now, where was this article published? Well, it's not published in Weekly World News, 
but actually in the prestigious Nature Climate Change, a publication in the British journal Nature Series. The article explains how, using a long-term proxy of annual numbers of tropical cyclones and combining them with high-resolution climate model experiments, quote, we show robust declining trends in the annual number of tropical cyclones at global and regional scales during the 20th century. The authors are some of those who have been involved with analyzing tropical cyclone trends for years. They should have been those consulted by the IPCC to get the facts straight. Key emphasis on the word should. The authors argue that declining tropical cyclone frequencies are indeed consistent with the weakening of the global circulation in the 20th century. I have published on this weakening trend that results from large-scale warming and the theory that overall storminess should decrease as the global circulation weakens and the world's warms is extremely robust. But as Pilkey Jr. notes, the interpretation is all in the length of the record. Start in 1980, and you can force an upward trend. Start in 1950, and the record shows no trend. This phenomenon is well understood in statistics and time series analysis. Start at a low point, and you can get a curve that trends upward. Examine a much longer record, and you might be able to see that the pattern is cyclical and not linear. That is exactly what is happening here. But the IPCC should have known better. The rest of the document is similar in content. As Pilkey Jr. indicates, this is misinformation, and intentionally so. But unlike in today's culture, the IPCC will not be shadow banned. Thank you for listening to Created to Rain. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify and share the episode link with your friends. Until next time, I am David Arla Gates, and may God richly bless you.